Welcome to Why Though. We're your hosts, Tiffany Bloom and Ashley Abercrombie. We land somewhere in between Mother Teresa and Biggie Smalls, and we're just wondering, why though? We all have questions, from our existential crisis curiosities to our, hey girl, why your eyebrows look so good though? And we want to tackle all of those questions with you. Welcome back to Why Though. Oh, it, says, it feels so good to say that, y'all. It feels so good to say welcome. We welcome you. You are so precious and special to us. You are such a valued member of our community. And I know we're in your ears, rain or shine. Here you are. Here we are. We're so pumped for another week of Why Though. <laughs> we really are. <laughs> I'm glad, glad to be here. Tiffany, this world is wild, but it's good Ugh. to have a few consistent things to count on. And yeah. I feel like this is a weekly rhythm that we can have ourselves and give to others. And I think that means a lot in the days we are living in. What are some of your, I know we're, we got a whole podcast episode ready, but tell me like, what is a weekly rhythm or a daily rhythm that you're like, I love and look forward to this every week? Oh, what a good question. Um, Okay, this is, we're talking micro, okay, you guys? Micro. Um, I, on my morning drive, I can see Mount Rainier. And knowing that I get to see that every day, even if it's just the base of it, if it's cloudy, that is so life-giving and so sweet. Um, And being able to just see the mountain range. I mean, I live in the Pacific Northwest. It really is beautiful out here, y'all. Go west. It is so beautiful. Go west, young buck. It's beautiful. (laughs) It is. Um, It's the land of Christmas trees and the the land of twilight. (laughs) <laughs> it is a land of twilight. You're right. Okay. This is just like neither here nor there, but my brother and his wife and their kids used to live in Forks, which is where they filmed Twilight. Oh my And it was gosh. very popular for people to make their Twilight pilgrimage out to Forks. <laughs> oh my gosh. That lucky little small town. <laughs> yeah. I mean, is it? I don't know. <laughs> people would love to go like see the house where it was filmed. Right. And I it's would just too. This, like, I get it. It's a nothing burger of a house, but people like had such a moment. And he's like, you know, this house is worth maybe one hundred and five thousand dollars. Like it's just a, just a just a house in the middle of nowhere. And I mean, middle I of it. nowhere. So anyway, okay, oh my well, gosh. one more when thing about Twilight. Th- one more thing. I'm about ready. Twilight. I'm ready. One, Besides that, it's time. the worst book ever made. I'm sorry. I will fight you for this. I really, you will. know, I know nothing about this. This is too <laughs> weird. And yeah, I'm, I'm just old enough that I'd missed the Twilight. Like, I think Ugh. you have to be born in the 2000s to appreciate Twilight. Maybe. I mean, I'm assuming. No, so, it's all the older ladies that love it. I only know about gross. it because I was in a book club. No, you weren't. Like, Stop yes, it. in like <gasps> 2009 or 2010. And, and all the ladies were 10 to 15 years older than me. But no. maybe a little more, and they loved the Twilight series. So they, every except do they know for me, the Target demo. <laughs> no, I think originally it was like a fresh romance, like a young adult romance novel. And so these ladies were into it, and oh like gosh. went to the They're, movies to see it, and we had to read it. And it's the worst reading ever. Like oh, I can't it is imagine. super bad, but it oh, worked. Girl, it really I'm worked. not here for that. I'm not even that. No. Also, like, ew, gross. But it, as you can imagine, was a real hairy big deal here. And I remember Derek and I, we were at a shopping center about an hour away. And they had a red carpet rolled out. And I'm like, why is there a red carpet in the middle of this mall? And on the third story of this mall, on the roof, basically roof access, was a movie theater. And I'm like, there is a movie theater on the roof of this thing. And and sure enough, it was the whole cast of Twilight. Pe- no there, there was way. just thousands of people lined up. And I'm like, we came to like just go to H&M or something. You know, like we didn't have kids yet. We just right. did that thing before we were shopping online out of necessity. 
And uh, and sure enough, thousands of people were lined up for the Twilight cast. I was like, we are in the wrong place at the wrong that time. That makes perfect bounce. sense to me. I have seen it live and in action. Okay, I mean, so two um, funny house stories. So Smith Mountain Lake is about 20 to 30 minutes from where I grew up. And if anybody has ever seen What About Bob, that movie, the house, is there. And they still left everything exactly like it was in the movie. <laughs> so you can, like, go by on your boat or on your jet ski and see the house and see everything, the pier, the whole thing exactly like it was. And in Cody's hometown, does anybody remember the movie Leap of Faith with Steve mm-hmm. Martin and Deborah Winger? It was filmed in his hometown – and now they've turned it into this coffee shop called The Brew, which is so fabulous. But they still have all the Leap of Faith paraphernalia. So I'm just Hold saying on. small towns he, across America like are a, legit. Yeah. Holy moly. <laughs> all three of us? Like, what? Okay. That's pretty crazy. Okay. One last, just because we're having too much fun. Um, the house where 10 things I hate about you. <gasps> yes. Filmed. You took me by the school when I came yes, to visit. You remember? We drove by here. it. I was like, oh my it's gosh. It's funny when people come hill. and visit. That's usually one of the top 10 things they want to do when they yes. get here. Obviously. And I'm like, this is a thing. And it, it is, is an actual thing. functioning high school. And it's so beautiful. And then when they did you the guys, addition, it's they did so like a beautiful. modern building. I'm like, why wouldn't you go with the old gothic regal vibes? Like, come on. <sighs> Come I couldn't on. believe it. It literally looks more beautiful than most college campuses, you guys. Like, it it's is unreal. stunning. I mean, <laughs> and you have to drive through, like, a grounds. forest. I believe yeah. it. It's yeah, at a high beautiful. <laughs> that makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, and especially overlooking the water. I mean, it is something. Oh, so it's something gorgeous. divine. That's nice. And then once, I think about once a year, maybe every couple of years, they do, like, a, they'll open up the lawn and play the movie on a big screen. And you can bring, oh, like, your blankets and your that. snacks and watch the movie. So. Oh, my gosh. That's so fun. Fun times. Fun times. There you go. There you go. All right. Now I need to know what morning little ritual do you love? Like, once a oh, week? Oh, Every morning? I think that daily I love, well, I love my coffee ritual. I just oh, really do yes. when I get up in the morning and, on, you know, now. we make our AeroPress. We have an espresso too, which we use, I don't know, I would say about once a year for a whole quarter. We just pull it out and that's like what we make is lattes every morning. But now that we have bottles in the house again, I'm like, I'm too exhausted to use the frother and mm-hmm. clean it every day. So anyways, we use our AeroPress and just the whole ritual of you know, having to do the two scoops of coffee and wet the coffee filter and, you know, push it down and flip it over. Like there's something about that rhythm that just feels very constant. And um, it's just so nice. So I like that. It kind of slows me down the process of doing it. um, And I really enjoy it. I think there's something to be said of your body and brain being in the same place at once because it's something that when we're on a computer, it's so abstract what we're doing and our body's likely not moving except our fingers. So to do something so tactile, I mean, the amount of breaks I took today just to, like, you know, put recycling away or wipe down a countertop just because I'm like, I yes. need to be in my body doing something Absolutely. physical. There's something 100%. To it, there is. Wholeheartedly agree. I cannot yeah. sit in front of a screen all day, even though that's my job. <laughs> so same thing. I have to be on the move all the oh, time. <laughs> gotta do something. I just have yes. to move my body. Also, let's blame this on our caffeine consumption. <laughs> no way. I can have a cup of coffee and go to bed. Like <laughs> you guys, she is a you an Amazon woman. I don't even know it what to is, say about that. It is a that. freakish thing. It's been true for me most of my life, so it's not like, you know, this suddenly developed. Um but oh. yeah, I've just always been able to have a lot of coffee. <laughs> I was uh out to dinner with um some longtime friends, like 20 years, 22 years, and we were out to dinner and at the very end I was like, oh, maybe with our dessert, we should, like, order a round of decaf coffees. 
And he looks at me. He's like, oh, yeah, I don't need decaf. And it was like late, Ashley, late. And he just got a straight shot of espresso at like yes. eight-ish something. And he's probably yeah. listening to this. And now I was just impressed, Dustin. I was impressed. I know. Okay? It's impressed. only 70 milligrams <laughs> of caffeine. So a cup of coffee has like two to three times that. So honestly, oh. espresso at nighttime is pretty, you know, it's pretty chill. Well, there's a whole group of us who would literally <laughs> stay up be overcome by debilitating anxiety <laughs> all through the night. <laughs> That's the thing I've never been able to connect to. I've, I hear, I didn't start hearing people say that until maybe the last five years or something. The anxiety um, and start, coffee? Yes. Like oh, it wasn't yeah. a thing. I know we have a mutual friend, Kat, who talks about this a ton. That was very real for her. She had to like mm. stop caffeine. And that's like one of the very first steps she takes in dealing with anxiety. And it has the opposite effect for me. Like when I have a cup of coffee, I start to slow down. I calm down. Like my, I can literally feel myself relax. I don't know if it's the heat or the milkiness of the cream. Like I'm not sure what it is, but I have definitely heard more in the last five years that that is a real thing. Like people have major anxiety if they have too much caffeine. Uh, so I've heard both. Yeah. I'm obviously in the camp, one cup of calf and that's, and that, and that is like playing with danger I really if I'm smart I would do half calf because I still need something to wake me up let's be real because yes. it'll take till 10 a.m to be fully awake if I don't right. but the full cup of calf is pretty it's 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 dangerous waters for me to be swimming in to be honest um and then so I'll switch to decaf but I have plenty of friends who yeah the opposite effect like it is actually a really calming effect on them man Meanwhile, yeah. I'm convinced somebody's after me and I need to run for my life. <laughs> well, that's how I used to be when I smoked weed. And I would be like, look, <laughs> somebody's out to get us. And one of my dear friends who shall not be named, um, she was the most paranoid weed smoker that you have ever met in your life. And all of a sudden she'd be like, <gasps> my parents, are they, are they outside? Go check, go check, get up off the couch and go check. Are my parents here? I mean, it was just uh, the best. So yeah, it's a real thing. Um, Every, I would, know, I would also affect like, everybody differently. I, I, in the days where that might have been something I would have entertained, I was so afraid I'd be a paranoid weed smoker that it oh, actually be, kept me sure. from doing it. Oh yeah, girl, you know yeah. I would be. Yeah, I, you it would doesn't be. take it much to be paranoid. Very, very fun to watch, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> You know how everybody's doing these um, THC-free or THC-full uh, uh, uh -uh. gummies? You know, mm -hmm. it's a thing. It is a I don't thing. And I'm like, none of it. I can't because I'm like, I, I will I will be convinced UFOs are after me. Like, there's that no, is the best. I cannot mess. Cannot yeah, no mess. shade. I'm happy for everybody. But I feel like, is that yeah, just no a shade. gateway for me to go back to what I used to do 20 years ago? Mm. So I can't be messing with it. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, coffee's enough for me to feel like I'm a crazy person. Yeah. So it's fine. <laughs> That's all you need. That's all you need. But here's the thing, you guys. Is there any? I mean, I think it's holy. Like, I can't even. I mean, Beth. Wait a minute. Weed or what? What you talking? Oh, no. <laughs> no, Mama Beth, not be talking about the weed or the gummies or the whatever or the what. No, I'm talking about that morning cup of coffee. I don't. For those who aren't coffee drinkers, perhaps you have a cup of chai or something like that. But I, I, I can count on so little in this life. So having a nice cup of coffee of a smooth drink. It's a, it's a taste of heaven. It's a taste it of heaven. I agree. It is. It is. Um, okay, so today we want to talk about something that um, I was recently inspired by, and perhaps you've heard this in a book you've read or uh, even a sermon or a women's event or whatever you've heard it, but something Ashley and I had both heard, but recently I read it in Shauna Nequist's new book. I guess I haven't learned that yet. She talked about this principle that someone had shared with her of hello to here, not hello to regrets, not hello to fantasies, not hello to the past, not hello to the future, 
hello to here. And we talk a lot about rhythms and seasons at Why Though. I think that's very foundational to who we are and how we operate and something that we want to invite you to consider. But as we think about hello to here, I think that there's a real invitation to address disappointment. I think there's a real invitation to be honest about what life will look like and uh, what you hoped life would be by now and really admitting what's true um, and not living in any sort of fantasy or or with any pretense that life is going to bend in a way that's drastically going to change. And so often we think, oh, if this situation changed, I would change. Right. And now some cases that's true. Like if you're in a DV situation or if you're in a situation where there's some sort of emotional, physical, mental uh, abuse, for sure, you're going to be a different person when you're out of that. But for many of us, we take ourselves wherever we go. And so with that understanding, I think, um, and this is something that has resonated with me tremendously. I went to bed thinking about it last night, this idea of what does it mean to say hello to here, even if it isn't what I wanted or what I thought it would be, or if it's revealing something in me that maybe I wasn't honest with myself about. So that is what I'm hoping we can dive into today and really uh, examine because I think so many of us, again, as we're coming out of the intense period of the pandemic, it's okay to say hello to here and yeah. let go of these regrets because re- regrets, when we continually play those on loop, those are debilitating, especially yeah. if it's something that someone spoke over us that we, f- for the better, that we thought, oh man, I just wish this had worked out or past relationship that we thought would have worked out and we're still playing that overhead or a job we wanted or, um, you, you know, fill in the blank. Um, maybe you left a church, then you're like, oh, I regret that or didn't do something that you regret. You know, omission or commission. I think that there's so much that if we allow it, will take up so much real estate in our brain that keeps us from, again, saying hello to here yeah. and making friends with here. Yeah, I love that so much. I heard early on in my faith, um, I don't remember who said it, but it's not the one and only time I heard it. But God, this idea of God is not the great I was or the great I will be. God is the great I am. And there is this very real part of mature faith that is content in the ordinary and that to really walk with God, you have to accept where you are and make peace with your past and make peace with the things that you regret or make peace with the things that you wish had happened but didn't. And, you know, we're all, like you said, Tiffany, we're all feeling this to a higher degree, I think, because of the last couple of years. And most people I know have made some sort of pivot or had significant life changes without other people bearing witness to them or Mm -hmm. major Mm -hmm. milestones with no community around them or lost a lot of friends due to, you know, various reasons that we're all are painfully aware of. Mm-hmm. And so I think because of that life change, it really is a good opportunity to say hello to here <laughs> yeah, yeah. because, you know, you probably don't want to. There's probably a lot yeah. of you listening and you're like, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to go on and change this. Let me see what Brene got to say. And I think <laughs> it's worth stopping for a second and just being like, hey, what are, what are the things that I'm feeling about this last season and what yeah. makes it difficult for me to embrace what's right in front of me and what are the thing, the pain points that I'm feeling and to acknowledge those and make peace with them and not pretend they're not there and not try to push them away, but just really face it head on and then, then give yourself to the ordinary. And that's a hard thing yes. to do. Yes. Oh, oh, powerful. Give yourself to the ordinary. 
I think, um, and I, and I shared this a few weeks ago, Ashley, but do you remember, um, I believe it was Mandy Ariado's book. Forgive me. I forget the title off the top of my head, but she is the CEO of Mops International, the mothers of preschoolers group. And she talked about how, you know, a hundred years ago, right? Oh girl, you know, I don't remember something about fun, have more fun, be more fun. (laughs) Don't be fun. I feel like fun was in the title. Um, there was confetti. So I feel like fun was must have been in the title. As a, uh, yeah, if there's confetti involved, surely it's it's a party. Um, but this idea that you know, a hundred years ago, this idea would, of changing the world wasn't really on the national consciousness for Americans. Right. And then uh, throughout time, especially in the last forty years, millions of books have been written on this idea of changing the world and what you do has to make such a difference to the point that we have forgotten the ordinary. Yeah. And I know it's no fun, especially for women. Hello, this unpaid labor we all doing here. Mm-hmm. Whether you married or not, whether you got kids or not, the amount of unpaid labor women carry in yep. and out of every space they occupy is unreal. And I think that these ordinary moments can feel so mundane that they're not forming us and forging us into the people we are. But in reality, they are mm-hmm. because this is what makes up our life. And so being able to recognize the ordinary for what it is. I love that. Ooh, girl, I love that you brought up just even the word ordinary mm-hmm. is so sometimes we're like, Ugh. like we, we might have a visceral reaction to that. Clearly yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, people really do. I got this question um, on Mentor Monday that I do on Instagram and I'm paraphrasing it because I can't remember exactly how she worded it because it's more pointed than what I'm about to say. But basically she was like, how do I deal with the kind of in-betweens of life, like mm. not not the highs and lows, but the in betweens. And I was like, man, I think the first step to doing that is making your peace with the fact that ninety percent of life is that, Come and on. we have been taught 90, yes. in a wrong way by culture or mm. family pushing achievements or you know people around us trying to you know keep up with the Benjamins, whatever the things are that mm-hmm. each of us might struggle with, um, because they vary from person to person. Your motivations vary. Um, But making your peace with the fact that most of life is rhythmic and boring and monotonous and you you go to bed and you get up and you do it all over again. And that doesn't mean that life isn't exciting or joyful or that you can't be happy there. But you have to first get rid of this false expectation that life is a series of highs and lows. And that you need to be having one of them in order to be to feel like you're alive. <laughs> yeah. And some of the old saints, you know, have really helped me, you know, books about spiritual direction, authors like Ruth Haley Barton or mm. Dallas Willard or Henry Nowen. Um, I feel like these are folks that have really helped you. Walter Brueggemann um, is another one that I feel Ronald like. Heiser. Yes, Ronald. Oh, God, the holy longing. Like if you have not blessed yourself with that book, I highly recommend. Um, But yeah, it's been really helpful for me to read those works because it's less of kind of the messaging that you were talking about, Tiffany, earlier about, you know, we're all supposed to be doing something great and we're all supposed to be making a difference every second of our lives. And the stakes are so high that somebody could go to hell if you don't do something right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's just, Mm -hmm. we get so silly. And I look at the, the characters in the Bible and I'm like, you know what? It just doesn't line up. Like their yeah. life is not comparable to the kind of bill of goods we get sold in culture and even in the church. Mm-hmm. Even in the church. I really like that you pointed out not just in culture, but in faith spaces as well. When you spiritualize this idea of this great grandeur that we must lean into, I think that it's it's dangerous, honestly. And this is another reason why Ashley and I really advocate for less social media and more intentional community. And Mm -hmm. and that can be online. Mm -hmm. I mean, little uh, plug for after hours right now. If you want intentional community, I will tell you where to get it. Join (laughs) me as a founding member for after hours. (laughs) Ashley's um, 
online community because the reality is that's what we need intentional in real life intentional for where you need to be very selective where you um, find yourself online because this is yep. again we're only seeing highs and lows right. we're seeing when someone's in the hospital and there's a hundred shares and a GoFundMe or we're seeing where it's their wedding day or they're on vacation in Cabo and yes. then that nasty comparison bug comes out and and then we definitely don't want to say hello to here right. we don't want to say hello to here in a, our dreary Tuesday you know? right. like that's the last thing we want but to yeah. but just to uh, berate your point of like that's why we got to go back to some of these fathers and mothers of the faith who've walked this road, who've invited us to contemplative practices and rhythms. Because if we don't have those, we will be miserable yes. and we won't be honest with ourselves. Correct. I agree with you wholeheartedly. That's a that's part of the recovery community as well, because mm. it really is very much about one foot in front of the other and making one small decision at a time. And over a lifetime, over a year, over a month, over a week, that series of small decisions is making your life and it's changing your life. And yeah. if you think about the, the capacity for those little changes to change your life, I think that that's very compelling. It's a good reason to get in your body and really live, to circle back to what you were talking about earlier, yeah. Tiffany, you know, to like be embodied. And I think mm -hmm. whenever we don't say hello to here, and we are living in regret or we are living in a fantasy land about what we wish our life was or what we hope it is someday, which again, some of that is good to have vision, to be forward thinking, like we're all for that. But I definitely think it keeps you from being embodied. You know, you don't stay connected, mind, heart and soul um, to what you need and what you yeah. love and what you're passionate about. And you, you stop building the life you want. And I think that that's, that's what's so compelling about the ordinary. And also, yeah. you can't do a doggone thing about it, okay? It is what mm -hmm. it is. You know, it's going to do what it's going to do. You got to let it be what it's going to be, okay? You just, mm -hmm. you, do, you really do. Or Say you're just going to be miserable. That's that. Last night, I told my husband, I said, this is such an, a problem for me, you know, fixating on regret or fantasy or what could have been or what mm -hmm. should have been, that it is absolutely robbing me of the abundant life uh, mm. that we're, we're told to pursue and, and what it can really look like in it. And when we aren't present here, I don't want to over-spiritualize this, but I do want to say, wouldn't the, if you're a person of faith, wouldn't the enemy want you to be so distracted from this moment, this, this season, and just yep. not only will you feel miserable, but you're going to miss the moment. You're going to miss the small moments, the small holy moments in your own home, uh, uh, at work, wherever, in the target, I don't care where you are, you're going to miss the moments that have been architected by the divine for you. And we don't want to do that. And so I said to my husband last night, I said, I need a mantra. I need something I say to myself when I keep doing this, when I get right. fixated on this. And I said, so here's my, uh, <clears throat> here's my working statement that I'd like to share with all of you. <laughs> Feel free to take it, make it your own. And it's this, I am here. I accept this is my season, the yeah. good, the bad, the ugly, it's all mine. It doesn't belong to somebody else. Yeah. This is my season. I am all here. Love. Now, simple, guys. I know, obviously not rocket a rocket science, but you know what? It's enough. It's enough to get me from that, uh, that moment of wandering that I shouldn't have been doing in the first place to bringing me back into myself and into my season. Yeah, I love that so much. And that's sort of the point. Like, it shouldn't be rocket science. You know, we try to yeah. kill ourselves, you know, doing the most. And it's okay. like, well, is the most required right now? It isn't to get me back into my body and back into yeah. my heart and back into the moment. So I really love that. That's beautiful. We'll have to write that out in the show notes for everybody. 
You're right, though, about that doing the most because in yeah, our minds, absolutely. everyone else is, and, and we can easily convince ourselves that everyone's got it figured out and is doing the most and is succeeding in a way that we can't. Just those self-defeating things that sometimes sneak into our hearts and our minds and our souls. And that's what you got to say. No, we're not here doing the most. We're here doing today. Like, yes. okay. Yep. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. Mm. Uh, you can take that no to the thanks. bank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you really can. You really can, though. I also think it keeps us from disappointment. And yeah. I don't know if yeah. this has been your experience you know, but after 20 years of ministry, and I'm, you know, I recently transitioned, but after 20 years of ministry, I've, I've had a lot of like thoughtful reflection about what this season has meant and what I've learned. And one of the things I've noticed, I don't know if it's the American context, but I have a hunch that it's a global problem as well. But most people are living in perpetual disappointment oh, yeah. and they do not have the capacity, the courage, or the the desire to change that and part of the reason i think and i'm not saying that's true for everybody because sometimes we just lack the skill set like if you just had a different way of thinking you just had a mantra you just had a great community a few people in your corner like you could turn the tide on some of these things so it's not for Mm -hmm. lack of people wanting to make the changes but i do find that one thing that hinders people is they do not want to embrace the ordinary they are always striving for better for more or to keep up with someone or to prove someone from their past wrong or to earn their significance. And I think all of these things really hinder you from staying present. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, perpetual disappointment will kill you. It puts like such a heaviness on your back and in your heart and in your head. And life is disappointing. You know, there is a Mm -hmm. series of, there is a, a time in our lives that we deal with disappointment on a regular basis. And part of life is managing that. But yeah. we don't have to live in perpetual disappointment. You don't have to live that way. You can actually become content in your life. Yeah. Uh, two things. Y'all know my Enneagram 3s out there. Hear me when she said that you were all like, oh, she's speaking to me. <laughs> I don't know if I want to hear it, but I'm going to take it. <gasps> um, and then number two, as you talked about disappointment, I was thinking, and I've shared this before on why, though, but do you remember when Obama was talking about disappointment and he said the higher you go in leadership and sitting in the most senior position in the free world, he said, my number one job is managing disappointment. So Man. I don't live in disappointment. Um, and I thought, oh, gosh, no matter where you go, you, you think things are going to, you think if everything's going your way, you're not going to have disappointment. Nope. Even if everything's going right, there's still yeah. going to be disappointment to manage right. because it will, it, it will consume you if, if you let it. Yes. And leaning into the ordinary truly is I mean, I, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, Ashley, but quite frankly, the only antidote to being yes. able to to manage it because it, it will come for you every time. Yes, I wholeheartedly agree with you. And I think it's really key to dealing with regret as well because we can't change the past. And Mm-mm. I don't know about you, but that sometimes is a very painful reality yep. to look back and go, well, there's nothing I could do about that. I can't do it differently. I can't you know, like Maxine says, Auntie Maxine, I can't reclaim that time. (laughs) It's gone. And so Mm. you have to make peace with that. But part of the way of doing that is, is one foot in front of the other, right where you are, you know, lamp into your feet, light into your path. It might not be much light. It might be a lamp you don't like, but it's, (laughs) it's present to move you to the next step. Yeah. And I, I just, I love that we really hit on, even if you don't love it, it's still yours. <laughs> like, yeah, that's right. Yes, exactly. Oh, yes. Oh, Bless say it. that, uh, say that quote again. You can't rec- reclaim. What did you just say? That was so beautiful. Auntie Maxine, you can't reclaim. Uh, we literally cannot reclaim the time. 
Oh, you can't reclaim the time. <laughs> oh, man. But God redeems time. Come you on. You know, that's the other part of it. You know, he redeems time. And you look back on your life and go, wow, God, you did a lot mm-hmm. with those painful memories and those painful lessons. And you taught me so much about who I am. And you encouraged me to rise in my value. And you taught me how to attach to others. And you gave me space for love. And so it's not that God can't redeem painful things. He does that all the time. Yeah. And I think in this day and age, we need to be reminded of that. Like God mm. loves you. He's for you and he's with you and, and he's going to see you through whatever you are going through. Ooh, and thus concludes the 10 a.m. church service at Why Though? <laughs> no, we not a church. Don't come for us. Please uh, don't. We don't have the time. I, no. I, I literally no. don't have it. I will never email you back. I'm sorry. I love no. y'all. Yeah, But no, I might don't. be like 800 deep in there. It's just it's never going to happen. So don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, and that's a wrap. We'll see you next week, Why Though? Mwah. Mad love for y'all. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, listeners, remember to subscribe and comment. It helps others to find the show. To learn more about Tiffany's writing, speaking, or books, visit TiffanyBloom.com. To learn more about Ashley's writing, speaking, or books, visit AshAbercrombie.org. See you next week.